0: Hey everyone and welcome to The Year Was, the podcast all about today that gives you just enough information to effectively be that guy at the party causing all your friends to question, hey, who invited you? Like, seriously, why are you here? I'm your host Michael Montalvo, for the next few minutes we will swim through the river of time to find out what makes today truly unique. On this episode we examine the events that occurred June 3rd. Throughout history, we have had unrest and divide, and the world has time and time again called out for change. We saw it in ancient times, we saw it in the revolutionary era, and we see it today in modern times. Let me take you back to May of 1989. Nearly one million Chinese people made their way to Beijing in order to protest for greater democracy. They called for the resignations of Communist Party leaders that had been deemed repressive, and for nearly three weeks, protesters made up of mostly young students, held daily vigils, marched, and chanted. This was all captured by Western reporters and broadcast out to TV and newspapers in the U.S. and Europe. By May 30th, the students had set up a large sculpture titled The Goddess of Democracy in Tiananmen Square, And upon hearing the calls for a prolonged protest, the Communist Party elders met with the Politburo Standing Committee and together they agreed to bring in the People's Liberation Army, or the PLA, to clear out protesters by force. The year was 1989 and on this day, June 3rd, the People's Liberation Army moved into Tiananmen Square in tanks and on foot, firing tear gas in order to disperse the protesters. The PLA had been ordered not to shoot, and most did not carry weapons, but they were instructed to clear protesters by force. The divisions selected were from distant provinces because local PLA troops were not deemed trustworthy enough. Student protesters as well as workers and ordinary citizens joined forces to repel the army, creating barricades with burned-out buses, and threw rocks and bricks at the soldiers. Some set fire to tanks, trapping the crew inside, and burning them alive. The first casualties of the Tiananmen Square incident were actually soldiers, but now that blood had been shed, protesters were faced with a difficult decision, should they stay or should they go. Some left, and some remained. The night of the 3rd, the PLA returned to the area with rifles and fixed bayonets. Tanks made their way down the street and fired indiscriminately. Cries came out from the protesters, why are you killing us? as rickshaw drivers and cyclists started in and out of the area, rescuing the wounded and taking them to hospital. Throughout the night of the 3rd, troops beat, bayoneted, and shot protesters. Tanks drove through crowds, crushing people, and by 6 a.m. on June 4th, the streets of Tiananmen Square had been cleared. In all of the chaos, protesters, soldiers, and non-protesters were killed. On the 4th of June, occasional gunfire polluted the air, Parents of missing students tried to make their way to the protest area but were warned away and shot as they fled. Doctors and ambulance drivers who were trying to help the wounded were shot by the PLA. On June 5th, Beijing had been subdued. And then, as tanks made their way down the avenue of eternal peace, something happened. A young man dressed in a white shirt and black pants carrying only shopping bags stepped onto the street and blocked the tanks. They tried to move around him and he stepped in their path again. He climbed onto the lead tank and asked the soldiers, Why are you here? You've caused nothing but misery. He stayed there in defiance for several minutes until two men rushed over to him and moved him out of the way. No one's really sure what happened to him after. I'm sure you've seen photos of this man, but what you may not know is that the film and photos of this incident were hidden in hotel toilets, to save them from being confiscated. The official death toll from the Chinese government is 241, but it could be as high as 4,000. The Chinese Red Cross issued the number at 2,600 but withdrew it due to government pressure. Witnesses claim to have seen the PLA carting off bodies. In the aftermath, protesters served light jail terms of less than 10 years. Many professionals were blacklisted and unable to work again, and many more were simply executed. Journalists sympathetic to the protesters found themselves unemployed, and reformists within the Communist Party of China were stripped of their power and given ceremonial roles. As a result, an embargo was placed on armament sales to China, and that still remains in effect today. Because of the censorship in China, it is forbidden to talk about the incident or the protest, but Yang Shangkun, the president of the People's Republic of China at the time, is reported to have said before his death That the incident was the most serious mistake committed by the Communist Party in its history. One that he could not correct, but that would be corrected eventually. That's going to do it for us today. If you like this podcast and want to hear more, give us a rate and a review. That helps me out and helps steer this in the direction that is hopefully good for all. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can find the audio version on your podcast app of choice. You can find me on social media and at YouTube at The Apple Cider Club. And as always, I want to thank the Tim Kreitz Band for our musical theme. And thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.